Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hart. And today we continue our Fantasy Finals series with a look at Carolina Panthers quarterback, Sam Darnold. You know, I haven't been all that kind to Mr. Donald throughout this offseason. And hey, if we're looking for a true change of scenery, people, may I propose a name change? Sam's middle name is Richard, so we could start going with Dick Donald there. Just saying, couldn't hurt because let's face it, objectively, subjectively, whatever actively you want to use to describe Donald over the past three years, he has been borderline horrific. I mean, truly, pick a stat, any stat. And this is coming from someone that, you know, I'm doing 100 articles in 100 days. I have a lot of reasons and a lot of ability to not have numbers lie, but I can usually dig up something to kind of show an NFL player is better than the consensus. I don't like saying anyone sucks. These are the best athletes in the world. Even if Darnold, which I'm going to point out, is not a top 50, top 40, top 30, whatever. Even if he's not a starting NFL caliber QB, which I do not believe he is, like he's still a top 50 professional quarterback on this planet, which is pretty incredible. With all that said, people, we've had 50 quarterbacks have at least 300 dropbacks since Darnold entered the league in 2018. Donald in PFF passing grade ranks 44th and big time throw rate. He's tied for 38th turnover worthy play rate tied for 40th yards per attempt 40th adjusted completion rate 44th and QB rating 48th. Donald has been inaccurate and inefficient while struggling to create big plays as well as limit turnovers. Like, everything has been bad. It's not like Drew Locke. At least Drew Locke, you see a high big-time throw rate. You see him make at least, you know, one or two really good throws per game. In between, plenty of head scratchers. I get it. This is not, you know, my way of... You know, even if Drew Locke is better than Sam Darnold, I realize that might not mean that he deserves a starting job in Denver or anywhere else for that matter. We just haven't seen any. It's it's not like Darnold's had these great stretches. Honestly, you look at his career, the final four games of 2018 when he came back from injury, he was playing a whole lot of kind of just almost playground-style ball, broken play after broken play, finding Robbie Anderson. Those four games were really the only times where he kind of looked like a, someone that we should be rallying around for the future. That was in 2018, though. And in 2019-2020, we just did not see anything. And again, we I think we saw two plays from him last year. The play against the 49ers, rolling out throwing back across his body. And he had a good one against the Colts, I believe, the very next week. Steps up, evades some rush, gets out. You see the flashes when he can escape the pocket. And, like, honestly, his best highlights last year, other than those two throws, were usually him running. Like, I still, I almost think the NFL pulled a deep fake on us with that, like, 50-yard touchdown he had against the Broncos in that Thursday night. Like, he looked way more mobile. And if you look at just rushing yards per game, it wasn't just he looked more mobile. He was more mobile in 2020 than he had been in past years. But even then, people, and this is a fantasy-themed podcast, and even with him running more last year, just didn't produce anything resembling someone we should be targeting in fantasy. The last three years, QB 30, QB 25, and QB 35 most recently in fantasy points per game. Just brutal. But here's the thing. As the noted Chris Herndon truther that I am, I'm all here for the post-Gase breakout. We've seen it time and time again. Most recently, you know, Ryan Tannehill, obviously our guy Robbie Anderson, Devontae Parker. Hell, even Kalen Balaj, you know, is starting to break his way out of it, depending on how high you kind of want to set the standard uh, for this quote-unquote breakout. But... The difference is, like, Darnold hasn't even been good compared to past Gase QBs. Like, that's the thing, people. If we had seen flashes of him being good, but Gase pulling him back, maybe that'd be one thing. But you look at you look at Gase. 
since 2013, he's been running NFL offenses. Now, the first two offenses were Peyton Manning, who, you know, the freaking guy almost known for changing the play at the line more than anybody else. Like, if you ever played Madden, those old uh, superstar modes where you just be the running back, like, God forbid you ended up on the Peyton Manning Colts because he's running that play clock down to one second every time. One of the most realistic features of that game in the past 20 years, and that was Peyton Manning. So Manning averages 8.3, 7.9 yards per attempt in those two years. We're not going to hold those against Donald too much. But after that, people, Chicago Jay Cutler in 2015, 7.6 yards per attempt. Miami Dolphins in 2016, Tannehill goes for 7.7, Matt Moore 8.3. The next year, retired Jay Cutler comes back and goes 6.2, not very good. In 2018, Tannehill is healthy again, 7.2 yards per attempt, even Brock Osweiler reached 7. In 2019 and 2020, Sam Darnold was at 6.9 yards per attempt and 6.1. The only version, the only gay starting quarterback that was worse than what we've seen from Darnold over the past two years was recently unretired Jay Cutler, who just took his 10 million in Miami. That was the year where he had the play where they ran some trick play and he was standing out wide and like literally just hand on hips and they tried to say that was a strategy but like think about Cutler all the don't care memes all the you know just this guy's entire career like the one impression fans got with that he doesn't care and that was like on Super Saiyan mode in 2017 so unless you're saying that Darnold that you're fine with him being like the worst version of Jay Cutler then I, I don't really know how to do the gay thing so people you know I am leaning towards Darnold not being good you know if he doesn't look good the stats say he doesn't look good and you know everything we've seen says he doesn't look good I think he might just not be that good so the case for Donald though is clear he is now in a far better situation he was ever afforded before. He's still just 23 years of age. And look, I said a lot of good things about Joe Brady, Matt Rule, and really this whole Panthers offense last year. I mean, four players with over 1,000 yards. You know, generational talent. Mike Davis is now on the Falcons, so they don't have that going for him. I'm pretty sure they'll be just fine with Christian McCaffrey coming back. Please recognize the tongue-in-cheek there, everybody. But in addition to CMC, DJ Moore, who is also, I believe, still 23, maybe 24 at the most at this point of his birthday, just came up. Robbie Anderson. Anderson, like, let's not try to play too heavily hindsight doctor. Maybe that's not the right word, but like, all right, the Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold connection was trash with the Jets. I mean, you could, I think, make a higher or a longer highlight film of the misconnections of Robbie being open deep than the actual times that they got together. You know, yeah, they had some hits. I've seen the 90-yard touchdown against the Cowboys and a couple other plays, but truly, people, like, there's a reason why Robbie Anderson was, you know, not really talked all that highly of in the fantasy community until last year when he finally got away from both Gase and Sam Darnold. Obviously, also got Terrace Marshall there, even David Moore, Dan Arnold, Ian Thomas, if you want to get thick in the weeds. Plenty of weapons around Darnold, clearly more than he had with the Jets, and I think the offensive line could be better as well. The thing is, though, again, I just think more of these, like, it's... We can't separate Darnold from the uh, system he was in because there's a big case to be made, because we bring up all these stats, that Darnold was more at fault than the system. I mean... Last year, only Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold were pressured on at least 40% of their dropbacks. But with both those guys, particularly Darnold, who over the past few years has had the ninth slowest release time, we see it again and again. Pressure tends to be more of a stat for quarterbacks than an indictment on the offensive line. Good quarterbacks get the ball out of their hands faster. Bad quarterbacks panic, and they try to run around. Some guys like Lamar Jackson, like uh, Deshaun Watson, we see have the Russell Wilson. They have super high uh, time to 
uh, average time to throw releases as well. But they're also, you know, just amazing at avoiding rushers and kind of keeping the play alive in their own right. We see Darnold do that every once in a while, but my goodness, he should never be compared with any of those quarterbacks I just mentioned. So it's it's just been bad every step of the way. And I, I think we can all kind of see that at this point. So new situation, maybe you can get it done. But look, people, the whole idea of change of scenery, helping a you know first-round quarterback that hasn't figured out, it sounds nice. It happened with Ryan Tannehill. But that's about it. I mean, truly, the list, I went through every single first-round quarterback since 2010. Here are the first-round QBs since 2010 that did not play at least six seasons with the team that drafted them. So that does not include Cam Newton. That does not include Ryan Tannehill. Like, Tannehill is still good enough with the Dolphins to stay under contract from 2012 to 2018. It's not like they just wanted to ditch him as quick as possible. He at least flashed, and he got that, you know, second kind of contract extension out of that. So these are basically the first-round QBs that, you know, their team drafted them, their team said good riddance well before either at or before the time for a contract extension came up. Josh Rosen, Paxton Lynch, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, EJ Manuel, Robert Griffin, Brandon Whedon, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder, Tim Tebow, and Sam Bradford. The QBs that should qualify for this in 2021, Dwayne Haskins, Mitchell Trubisky, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and our guy, Sam Darnold. So I think this is kind of a fair group. You know, we'll see. Maybe Jameis can still turn around. You know, Teddy hasn't been awful. Obviously, Sam Bradford put together some good spots, even if he never could really stay healthy enough to do it over the course of a 16-game season. But yeah, I would say someone like Sam Bradford should be our best-case scenario for Darnold moving forward. Now, make no mistake about it. Bradford, even on those early Rams teams, showed far more promise than Darnold did on the Jets. I mean, I would say maybe a poor man's uh, Sam Bradford would be a better kind of career uh, comp for Darnold the rest of the way in a best case scenario so again change of scenery i get it better coaches better talent better scheme for donald that's all good just realize he is far from the first talented first round qb to go somewhere else to get a new coaching staff to believe on him and historically at least in the past 10 years which i don't like to go back too much further because of how different the nfl is today versus you know even 20 years ago uh, we just don't really have any comps for these failed first round qbs turning it around elsewhere particularly when again they had, weren't even good enough to get a second contract from the original team so with all that in mind, takes us to our PFF Lily, Sam Darnold stat. And, you know, I've compared Darnold to Gase's quarterbacks, the past first-round QBs, to regular quarterbacks in the league. Let's try to take the truest comparable possible. Sam Darnold versus Joe Flacco in the year 2020. Same Jets offense, right? So Flacco started four games. Darnold started 12 games. Games leading the offense to at least 27 points. Flacco, two. Darnold, two. Big time throws, courtesy of PFF. Flacco, nine. Darnold, nine. Passing touchdowns. There you go, Darnold, nine to six. When sacks per start, and this one's damning too. Darnold averaged 2.9 sacks per start. Flacco is just 1.8. People, Flacco can't move. He's never been able to move really his entire career. Like, okay, you know, bootleg uh, game, you know, QBX system. Okay, I, he can throw on the run. But Darnold is infinitively times more mobile than Flacco ever was. And the fact that he's getting sacked more just shows you that this part of his game isn't really something that we should expect to, you know, 
ideally under betting coach under better coaching he'll take less sacks but I don't think the improvement in the offensive line is really going to mean all that much for Donald's problem with holding on to the ball so again I don't think many people in the year 2020 thought much of Joe Flacco but he was objectively better and by a decent amount than Sam Donald for most of last season and truly people if you watch that Patriots game and even portions of the Chargers game uh, this is not you know flawed stats here Flacco was legit more entertaining than Donald at least in terms of throwing the ball through the air so it's takes us to our ranking. Darnold is my QB 23 right now, which I think is, you know, pretty even to where he's going in a lot of these best ball drafts at the moment. And my QB tier article, I put him in the fourth, I think it's fifth tier actually, realistic path to success, but hardly a foolproof investment. Uh, I'll take him ahead of guys like Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, Daniel Jones, Ben Roethlisberger, Derek Carr, and Jared Goff, you know, ahead of guys like Goff and Ben and Carr, because we did see that rushing floor. And, you know, even ahead of guys like Wentz, Zach Wilson, uh, because I think that we have a chance for a higher uh, ceiling because, hey, this offense is pretty damn good around him. So Daniel Jones, you know, maybe looking back at it I, I would probably say Donald and Jones are pretty even you know just guys where the pieces around them are pretty solid I'll certainly give Joe Brady the uh, cap tip over the clapper in terms of a uh, scheme wise so I think would still give me Darnold but that's the situation we're in like when you look at DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, McCaffrey, you see an offense with a lot of guys we like in fantasy, so should we in turn like the QB expecting to engineer that? And again, to an extent, if you're going three quarterback roster construction, I think Donald's okay at the very end of these drafts as you know a mini lottery ticket. I just think at this point, again, we just haven't seen any sort of high-level fantasy ceiling, so I'm not really inclined to go spend on Darnold at the bottom. If anything, I'm dropping DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson a little bit. With McCaffrey, it, it just doesn't matter. We saw him turn up, peel off two of the best seasons ever from a running back with Kyle Allen, old Cam Newton, uh, you know, and just whoever the hell else we had uh, under under center for the Panthers over the past, uh, you know, 2018, 2019 season. So McCaffrey overcame that. I don't think Darnold's going to be that much worse there. If you're pushing for 400 combined carries and targets in the season in fantasy football, you're going to be just fine. So I'm not worried about it with McCaffrey, but DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, we've talked about the discrepancy between their ADP. I think it's unwarranted. I think a target projection would have to be pretty even for both. And while I think DJ is the better real-life player, man, he's going like wide receiver 15, 16 range while Robbie's like outside the top 30. So I've had way more Robbie than DJ just because I think Robbie's still undervalued. But in reality, I think both these guys need to be on that wide receiver 2 borderline, if not worse. I mean, you just look at the wide receivers that Darnold has enabled with the Jets in 2018, Robbie Anderson had 750 yards and six scores. 2019, Jamison Crowder, 830 yards, six scores. Robbie Anderson had 780 yards and five scores that year. Last year, Jamison Crowder had 699 yards and six touchdowns. I think DJ Moore and this version of Robbie in the offense are better than those guys for sure, but we're taking a pretty big leap of faith to assume not only is Darnold going to be better in real life and fantasy in Carolina than he was with the Jets, but he's also suddenly going to do a much better job of enabling his teammates some more fantasy success. So, hey, Darnold, credit, you're not drafting him anywhere near his ceiling. You're getting him at the floor. I just kind of question the overall upside here despite the good pieces around him. So, Darnold, you know, QB3, you want to take a shot, that's fine. I just would not be, you know, really 
trying to get too involved with anybody in this Panthers offense other than Christian McCaffrey, which is a shame. I want Justin Fields to go to the Panthers or the Broncos. Uh, you know, really set himself up well here. I just don't think Darnold is the man uh, for that job. So maybe I'm wrong. I want these quarterbacks to be good. Football is more fun when we have good quarterbacks around the league. Uh, maybe I'll be wrong, but I do not anticipate Darnold being a, called a good quarterback by the time 2021 is over. But hey, if you think I'm wrong, if you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game where you draft a team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's promo code PFF. Draft now at Underdog Fantasy. And also, people, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over-under on a featured playoff game. All players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,500 players who bet the over on the select game, the over-under will drop by one point. Wow, what a deal. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw from your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer the over. Again, for every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting, so tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Maximum 20 $25 wager, one per customer. Offer ends on the 23rd, so might not even apply right now. I'm not sure why I'm still reading it, but it is what it is, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. If you enjoy these, I encourage you to also check out my corresponding 100-article series on PFF.com. I'm Ian Hart. This has been the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.